Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you, everyone, for coming out today to the A-list happy hour. I understand that there have been some hiccups, but we're going to get through this. Thank you all for coming out. This is going to be a great conversation. Hi, guys. Can you hear us? Yeah. You guys can hear us? Okay, cool. Ashrod Blakely, Anna Horford, I'm Kwani, A-Luminous. Let's get this conversation started. Yeah. Let's <laughs> definitely get the conversation started. I am so sorry if there was any miscommunication about you guys getting into the bar or anything like that. Um, and obviously there is supposed to be a lot more people here. And I think people just don't know like where we are or like what's happening, but we can look at this as a positive. So like, this is like a private event. If you ever wanted to ask any of us a question, now is the time or like when we open up to questions. Right. So that's a great thing. It is a very great thing, but yeah. it doesn't mean we're going to answer your questions. <laughs> you can ask, but we don't have to answer. No, but all seriousness, we'll, we'll absolutely uh, answer whatever you guys have on your mind. Because again, this is the beginning of the Celtic season, but it's also the beginning of us getting back into the as close as pre-pandemic normal as possible, where we could do these type of functions, that we could come together and we can gather. And I can look at my, my guys in the back, Leroy and Daniel, who are the early rivers in the building, and look at all our, our friends who are here. John Corrales, my man. Producer, hey you guys probably can't see. Joe Sway, P. Diddy, <laughs> Joe Sway. over there in the back. Running everything. Absolutely. But we're obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about the Celtics and a lot about this upcoming season. And as well, we'll talk about us, uh, whatever questions you have for us. So... That being said, uh, we're going to just, well, first, before we go any further, want to give a special shout out to the A-List podcast sponsor, BetUS.com, where the games begin. If you sign up, uh, there's a up to a 200% bonus with this promo code BSJ, up to 200% promo code BSJ, BetUS.com, where the games begin. Kwani has decided that I don't really need a script today, which is really funny, which is really funny because she ride with no script, she ride with no script. I can't really tell y'all what y'all gonna get today. I, that's why I wanted to make sure I gave a shout out to the sponsors well, before we got started, so they know I got love for them. And if they, if I just might say something I probably shouldn't say, it's all good that because works. I've shown them love from the jump. So. That's, that works. Anna did have some questions. I do have around. like a few questions. So uh -oh. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know how we want to start this. Obviously, we're gonna be talking about the Celtics. Um, 
Hopefully, you guys are Celtics fans. Any Celtics fans out there? I think there? we got a couple of Celtics fans Ooh. in the building. Oh my god, none of you guys are Celtics fans. Really? John, I know John's a Celtics fan. John doesn't count. He's part of the others. He's on the Mendoza line when it comes to his fandom. Okay. Ooh, oh yes, no! See, uh -oh. normally so I would be like, like that, that, that kid who's about to go jump, double judge, and just want to jump in. But I want Anna to start this one off because I feel that Anna is going to channel her inner Sherrod when she responds to that question. Because so, um, I think her and I are like on the same page, right. and if we're not, I'm going to let y'all know when. So if you're not aware, Anna's brother played for the Sixers for a season. What was the reaction from Philly? How did your fans? Why is she going in like that? Off the no, it's jump. it's fine. It's just a bit of a sore topic. So the Philadelphia 76ers, I mean, they were fine. They didn't necessarily welcome our family the way that the Celtics fan base did that we all really, really appreciate. Um, and obviously you guys can see all the drama right now that's going on with the 76ers. That's real. That shit sucks. Like they're like out there having their own like days of our lives soap opera, literally about like, who's going to be with the team next year? How much money are they going to make? Whatever is happening. Um, First of all, me and my siblings, there are a couple of them over here in the crowd, tried to tell people how toxic the Philly fan base was. And they truly were. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, every fan base has, like, they're toxic, horrible people. But, like, it's not the same. And honestly, it was a very toxic environment. It wasn't a great place to be it wasn't a welcoming place for our family and i think that shows and so yeah no philly it's like basically like the knockoff gucci version of boston damn. So, damn yeah i think enough has been and a horror with the bars knockoff gucci that's true i'm just telling you right now, i will find a way to steal that and use that it's so <laughs> capacity but i'm gonna give you credit i will give you credit knockoff gucci. amazing so, Sherrod, we're, we're talking about Philly right now. They obviously have their chaos. From your basketball analytic, analytic standpoint, how do you think they'll play out? They're going to be better than people think. Because right now, because they've got so much drama, people are lowering the bar for expectations because they know they got to get rid of Benson. Ben don't want to be there. They really don't want to be there, evident by the fact that that check that he was supposed to get on the first. Now, I can't speak for anybody in here, but when my check doesn't come when it's supposed to come, I'm not going to be in a good mood. And when my check don't come because of me, because I was tripping, I'm really going to be kicking myself. So Ben, and just, just to give you background, Ben Simmons was due, I think it was 8.25 million on October 1st. Yep. And the Sixers said, well, since you ain't coming to training camp and since you don't want to be with us, why should we cut you a check? And so Ben is just like, oh, okay. So now you got the game of, is he going to come back and start getting some of that money? Or is he going to just kind of sit back and chill and be like, I'm good. Me, personally, I think you go get that check. Because you literally have to show up in the building, run around, do the absolute basics, and they're going to pay you $8.25 You mad because they threw some shade at you when you decided not to lay the ball up or dunk it in the deciding game in the playoffs 
and the only thing between you and the rim was the little bit of wind that was blowing through the arena. Can I like okay. just interject really yeah, quickly? Absolutely. Jump okay, in. So they something that, that I think a lot of people don't realize is basketball families generally stick together. So I am friends with Liv Simmons, who's Ben's sister. Um, we're pretty close and we have like a bond over being a part of like basketball legacy families and stuff. So I think a lot of the time people want me to shit on like Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'll do it for you. Don't and worry. And I'm like, not. I can't shit on this guy who like I'm friends with his sister. That's like not how NBA families work. We all try to be very like respectful and mindfully of each other. And I think people need I to know. realize that when they're like, why aren't you calling out Billy? Like, why aren't you calling out Ben Simmons? It's like, bitch, because I know his family <laughs> and it's very personal. So, like, obviously, I'm not going to do that. So, I think a lot of people need to kind of realize that as well. With NBA families, there's a lot of, like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, wires being crossed and things like that. So, I think people need to be mindful of that. And then also realize that we know these people on, like, a basic human level. And not on, like, a, oh, you're just my entertainment whatever level. So, yeah. yeah. That's Definitely. a good point. That's that's yeah. a really good point. And I, I unfortunately I'm not related to anyone in the NBA. So I get the crap on him all I want and feel absolutely zero remorse. But with Ben, it's a little different because I want him to be a really good player because I see the potential. I see the amazingly awesome things he can do. But I also realize that there's one flaw to his game that he has done zero effort in correcting. And that to me. Frankly, you're doing you're doing a disservice to the game. You're not giving the game what, it, what the game needs, and that is for you to be the best version of yourself. To pull out a Brad Stevens uh, phrase that everyone knows, best version. That's that's Brad needs to get that patent because real talk, he can make some cheddar off that. I've been using that a lot. So is John, <laughs> Joe Sway, right. exactly. But I, I just want him to be great, and he doesn't want to be great. And if you don't want to be great, and you're playing in the greatest league, I kind of want to shit on you because of that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. That's I get that. With him. I get it. I get it. All right. Yeah. We've had enough Sixers talk. That's a lot okay, of Sixers. Yeah, no more Thanks, Sixers. Here. Boo. It's here for Celtics talk. So we're going to start with our analysis of training camp. The Celtics are still ready for the preseason. Preseason's on Monday, if you aren't aware already. Sharon, Woo! you've actually been at I've a, been the to the practice facility when yes. they have been working when they, out. When they let you there for two seconds. Well, so, the, the, here, the, here's the thing you got to remember that the NBA is still kind of navigating through this whole post-pandemic, still in the middle of COVID, but not really in the middle of COVID. And so they're taking extra precautions as far as minimizing the amount of interaction we have with players. And so we have not seen a ton from them. But the one thing that we are hearing a lot about is how this is just a different kind of team. And you start looking at the roster, they decided to do what I'm a big fan of, and that's bringing some OGs, bringing some folks who, when you put them in the, in, in the, in, you know, in, in the kennel, you ain't got to worry about them running off because they too young and they don't know better. You got some real dogs on the team. I look at guys like Dennis Schroeder. I look at guys like Josh Richardson. I look at, you know, a, a number of their new faces who really aren't new to the game. They're just new to this team. And then, of course, that, that, some dude outside of Grand Rapids that they, they, they brought back. Got a couple of chips when he was at Florida. Oh, my name, God. Who's name? Yeah. What's, what's I don't know who you're Al, talking Al something. Al something. Alfred. Oh, Alfred. 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 That's actually his name, Alfred. That dude, Al Horford. That dude. That's he's all, he's all right. He's okay. Well, here's the the funny thing about Al is that like when we have media day, 
And Al came out there and he, he's talking. You would have thought it was like a family reunion where somebody brought like the real good chicken and the real good potato salad. That everybody was like, damn, this is good. Yo, how you doing? How you been, cousin? How you been, nephew? Al just has that vibe when he's in the building. Uh, he's a hard guy not to like. I've known him all the way back to when he was in high school and I used to work for MLive.com in Michigan and Al was out near Grand Rapids. Grand Ledge, right? Grand Ledge, Gr yeah. <laughs> Al, Al checks me on that too. You guys, it's a I was very like, you my, small get it right, get it right. hometown right. where our mom is from. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like that area. So, <laughs> wow. like, yeah, no, we're, it is. They yeah, will check yeah, you in a minute. Anyway, yeah. I slipped up when we had Anna on the podcast and she was like, Skirt! Oh, wait a minute. Grand Ledge. Grand okay. Ledge. Grand gotcha. Ledge. Not gotcha. Grand Rapids. But Grand Al's Lunch. always been a really likable guy and, and a really good player. And, 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 yeah. I think people often don't understand how much he wants to win. Oh and, and, and people don't understand that he doesn't do all the things that you're supposed to do because you're in the NBA. Right. Not because he doesn't want to, but because he knows that there are other things that other guys around him can do. And part of his job as a leader is to instill confidence in the guys around him. So uh, right. I, I'm happy as hell that Al's back. Uh, and Al, again, just a really, really good dude. I wouldn't be saying, even if Anna wasn't here, I'd still be talking highly about I Al. I know. I wanted to actually ask you and Kwani who your favorite Celtics players were, but I didn't want you guys to say Al See, because I wasn't going to say Al. I wasn't going to say Al. Al is like, Al's like my favorite you guys, he's player very that I would like to hang out with and have a drink with. Yeah. But my favorite player really is Marcus Smart. I was going to say, I would have guessed Marcus he's for you. He's such a dog and I love dogs. Yeah, oh, Marcus gosh. Smart. I mean, I think we all kind of fucking love Marcus Smart. He's super dope. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, who's your favorite Celtics player, Kwani? Besides you know Al, you can't say I'm Al. You can't say Al. Al. No pressure on her. But, which, like, obviously, our family would be her favorite. But no, it's besides okay. that, who's your favorite? I think player? mine would definitely be Jalen Brown. And as I love actually, Jaylen. you definitely know yeah. when I was at NBC Sports Boston, I feel like I was just on the Jalen Brown beat yeah. because he threw so many community service events. He did a lot in the community in addition to being a Celtic. So the fact that he is invested in Boston, the place that he's not even from, I think says a lot about one, the organization and the things that they value, but also him and him taking the ownership of being in Boston and saying, you know what? I'm, not, I'm from Atlanta, but I'm going to invest in the community as much as I can. So absolutely, Jalen's going to be mine. I yeah. can roll with that. I can yeah. roll with that. There, there, there's some other guys I, I like too, but not. It's a great, honestly, this is one of the better NBA rosters. Well, they just don't got any true assholes. Yeah. Just, I mean, they, they got they guys with them. asshole tendencies. <laughs> right. They definitely have some guys with asshole tendencies. And honestly, but, I think it's because they're in Boston. Like when you're in Boston, you can't really be an asshole. It's not like you're in LA or New York where. You have this superstar mentality. Boston's a city where you come in and you're just like, you kind of have to literally nose to the plow and work. You, it's a blue collar city in that sense of well, they want being an NBA player. Yeah, they, exactly. they, they just want you guys to go in. That's why Tom Brady can do whatever the hell he wants to, whenever the hell he wants to. <laughs> right. Because as soon as you say, well, Tom, you can't do this, you can't do that. He's just like, check the hand. Right. Bling, 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 blingity, bling. In another hand. Right. And if I leave, guess what? I'm going to still get blingity bling. Exactly. Now what? Yeah. Now and what? That's the expectation of Boston sports fans. You yeah. have to win. They don't care about what you're doing on the side. How are One, yes, impact the community, but what are you doing on the court? We don't want to hear the, the extra talk no. about other things that you've been no. doing. Yeah. 
Okay, so a big question I have for you guys, and then like if anyone wants to answer this question, yeah, we want crowd interaction. This is yeah, not we about want us. crowd interaction. So this is not a very good time. We're trying to, trying to get y'all both to. Like I can't that, right, send you. you know what? Uh -huh. So the first question is, how do we feel about our new head coach? And our second question is, how far do you guys think we're gonna make it this season? And I feel like I might have some different interpretations of that than you. I missed the first Leroy, one because I was in my you have to say that. something. He ready. He Come ready. on up. Come on up. Come, Come on. Or hand them the mic. Hand them the mic. This is Leroy. One of the first <laughs> in the building. Right. Yes. Okay. I'm a little tipsy. So y'all see, this is, see, no, we, this is what makes the podcast Leroy, better. Right. I'm glad you are here. The three of us are, we're wasted. I really, I really like the new head coach. And um, I remember him saying something about defense or really getting on the team about it. So that's what I really, really love. He didn't come in, and, you know, patting everybody on the back. He kept it real. So I really, really like him. I think he's the truth. Okay. And, and I knew was coming. Let's stop. You know what? No, real Let's talk. Real, real talk. We have not had a single conversation oh my God, where Nia's long name Long's. has come up, and I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I think about it every single time he gets up there. I want to ask him about Nia. Why are you on this beat? That should have been the first question. I can't do it because it has See, nothing I to do with anything. That, that has to I'm be. Asking, that has to okay. be like that side conversation that him and I have as we walk into the bus one day. Be like, hey. What's your favorite Neil Long movie? Honestly, Neil that, Long. That's the question I got. That's my question. What's I'm your favorite? I'm so excited. I'm hoping I mean, she's like in the family should. room at the next like few games or something so we can like hang out. We're going to need an inside report. We need you to actually do a one-on-one. -on -one. I, I might be texting Anna. Anna, is she in there yet? Is she in yeah. there yet? <laughs> our sister might try to steal her away from our coach. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That could happen, guys. That could happen. Watch out, Yeah, so we're line. very excited. Oh my God, Bobby Manning is here. Bobby Manning, hi, up. Bobby Manning. Bobby hi. Manning. CLNS Media, another CLNS Media guy. Um, but yeah, so okay, oh, I need to ask both of you guys. Yeah, so who are you most excited to see this season? Whether it be their transition into stardom or just getting their footing in the NBA. Who are you guys most excited to watch this season? Okay. Um, and do answer. not say Al Horford because we're not saying Al Horford. Obviously, he's very excited. I'm not stealing your answer, but I'm gonna go with Aaron Neesmith. Okay. And that's because he his coach, Jerry Stackhouse, was on our podcast and said that within the next few years that he does see Neesmith as being of NBA all-star potential. And I think that speaks to one, the coaching that he's had in college, but also the motivation that he's going to now have in the NBA. So I'm looking forward to see, one, if Ime will give him a little more time on the floor to really improve on his game, but also how he's going to continue to improve during his time in the NBA. Okay. What about you, Sherrod? Who are you well, looking forward to? Was your I knew Kwani sure. was going to take that of answer course, because she knows that answer. me and his coach, Jerry Stackhouse, go way back. Like, beverages that I've already – had tonight. Him and I have had some of the beverages in the past. There we go. Water, you know, liquid, you know, the, the white stuff. Water, water. water. That, yeah, water. H2O. But uh, the, 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 the player I'm excited to see is Robert Williams the third, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because he 
got paid. Money. And he hasn't really played a lot to get paid. And I respect that. I respect anybody in the NBA who can get that check because you have a very finite window to go out and earn that money. And that's why, like, when people looked at your brother when he left for Philly because they were willing to pay him more than the Celtics were, and they were looking side, I'm thinking, like, would you feel that way if that was your cousin, your brother, your nephew, your uncle, your daddy? I don't think so. So I'm all about guys getting paid. Right. That being said, what are you going to do once you get that check? And right. Robert has never had this kind of money. He talk, he, he's talked about how it's just being, like, life-changing money. Shoot. 20% of that would have been life-changing money for me and most people. Right. So I'm curious, is he going to ball out or is he going to come down with what I've known to be contract-itis? Yeah. Where guys get that check and all of a sudden, back pains last a little longer. They got to miss games. Headaches become migraines. Sore toes become torn ACLs, even though they're not really torn ACLs. And all of a sudden, that dude that you just spent all that money on, he's not available. Right. I don't think Robert will be like that, but I damn sure got my eyes open at that. And I don't right. think he will, in part because of something that he said when I asked him about the money. And Rob, in his own special kind of way, was just like, I'm trying to get more. Right. He's like, this is just like the starter kit. I'm trying to get like the deluxe XL version. And if he balls out, he will. He's young. He's making good money. He can just stay healthy and play the way he has shown the ability to play. He is going to get that deluxe max, near max money at some point. Um, but I'm always keeping my eyes open for that contract, Itis, because I've seen it and it ain't pretty. And to add to that point, the Celtics were very intentional about re-signing Marcus Smart as well. That's another player I think everyone should look out Absolutely. for. Absolutely. When you get a big contract like everyone, in the offseason, huh? Everyone loves Marcus exactly. Smart, right? They've called him the heart and soul of this team, so I think he's another person that you're going to definitely need to look out for. Is he going to step up as a point guard and really lead this team, facilitate for Jalen and Jason? Um, so is there anyone on the team that you don't like? Oh, thanks. Oh. We're getting real, guys. We're I getting would, real. I, no, wish, I ask, wish there was someone. No, I got to ask. I got to know. Got, I gotta cut the know. mic. <laughs> I got to know the good stuff. I like so. Grant Williams. I actually like Grant Williams. Grant's, my, Grant's actually, he's all I do. He just doesn't play as well as I wish he did. You guys are like, That's, um, is there a, here's the thing. I think the thing about the current Celtics right now is that they all really like each other. And I think that's very underrated. And they enjoy each other's company. They enjoy each other's presence. And, and, and when teammates actually like each other, good things happen. Well, so a lot of people are talking about when Al was with Kyrie and, and Gordon. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got a strong oh, no. oh, She's like, you said the K-word. Uh, you can't say the K-word in here. Oh, no. Okay. Here. I can so see with Kyrie, Hayward, all that, it's hard. It's difficult, I think. When you aren't gelling with your teammates, this team is on another level. They all respect each other. They all love each other. They all like each other. That's when good shit happens. That's when champions are made. That's when you go deep into the playoffs is when you have good chemistry and you vibe with each other and you do really well together. So I think that's something that people need to be aware of. The Celtics team actually likes each other. So that's a really, really big deal. I, I, a couple things. One, um, I wasn't sure about Dennis Schroeder yeah. if I was going to like him. Because I've seen him in the past, and he's real petty about stuff. But then I realized 
Sherrod, you kind of like Patty. It's kind of your thing. And then I talked to him. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of petty, and I like him. I like him a lot. So he was the one that I was a little bit concerned about. Um, but to, to Anna's point, I mean, there's a number of guys in the team that we have not really dealt with that much in the past, and so we still got to learn. Like Josh Richardson, I think is going to be all right, but he may be an asshole. If he makes it, like, awesome. I don't know. Um, he's played on a lot of different teams. I haven't heard anything bad about him, but you just never know. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder was the one guy I wasn't really sure about until I got to talking to him a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, he got just that level of pettiness that him and I can get along. Right. At some point, I'm going to piss him off, though. And at some point, he'll piss me off. But that's okay, because that's what petty people do. Exactly. But to that point that you made, Jalen, again, the number one source of Jalen Brown news, he had his opening in the Seaport area. Who did we see in the building? Dennis Schroeder was there. Marcus Smart was there. Grant Williams was there. Actually, Tatum and Deuce. That, can't forget about Deuce. Deuce. You can't talk about Jason Deuce. Tatum and not bring up Deuce. Deuce is a celebrity in Boston. Deuce let's is be like the most popular three-year-old in Boston. <laughs> Seriously. If he if, if he just knew how much game he had and how much collateral he could, he would be. I mean, he would be that little three-year-old just walking out like. <laughs> but I bring that up because half of that. the roster they barely have gotten a chance to know each other, but they all went out to support him in that event. Yeah. So that speaks, like you said, to the chemistry that they already Absolutely. have in building. And I think a lot of people have questions like, does this team actually like each other? How do they feel? They genuinely like each other. Like it's, it's wild. And you never, you never know what you're going to get with NBA players and prima donna attitudes mm -hmm. and stuff. And I think these guys are ready to play as a team and they're excited for it. They're ready for it and they're ready to take on the challenge. So I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, yeah, but we didn't what really you answer saying? your other question. You... We didn't answer your other question. Oh, your other question was like, Ooh, how did we think they were going to do this roster? year? Oh. How did we think they were going to do this year? I think that was your second question. Oh, yeah. So how do we I should not. I should have kept my mouth shut about that. Damn. Yeah. Should we ask? Should we ask some audience members? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's oh, find out. Yeah. Wait, where's oh, John? That's a great idea. John, how do you think the Celtics are going to do this season? If you're Mike Rutem. A hundred. Be honest, John. All right. I, I, I think the Celtics are going to surprise a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of talk nationally about the Celtics being like falling to like fifth or sixth or seventh. Um, I think that's a worst case scenario, probably like injuries and stuff like that. Uh, from what I've seen from these guys, I think I, I do think that there's going to be some cohesion. I, I like what Udoka is is preaching. I like that. Today, he said, you know, we're, we're overemphasizing the ball movement. We're overemphasizing some of our defensive principles. I think these guys are ready to come out right away. Um, I don't know. You don't want to talk about Al, but no, Al, Al's a, Al, Al, one thing, one impression that I got, I don't know, Sherrod, if you feel the same way, but I think it's pretty obvious that Ime loves Al, like loves Al. And one of the things that I wrote yesterday was, I feel because Ime was an assistant when Al was there. I feel like we're looking at a starting lineup of Smart, Jalen, Jason, Al, and Rob. And I think that Ime is like, look, somebody call those folks up in Philly and watch how we do it because you fucked up how to use Al. They fucked up. They fucked up so bad, guys. And, and I know. Guys, they fucked up so bad. He said on multiple occasions. Yeah. That, you know, I had some thoughts about how Al should have been attacking mismatches and and we didn't do and, and they didn't do it in Philly. 
I feel like he's going to like text Brett Brown and says, watch this shit. And like, he's going to know how to use Al. But also, I think at the same time, having Rob as the center versus Joel as the center, like Joel is obviously a megastar, but plays his own way and is not right. going to play any different way. Yeah. Rob's just going to be like, yeah, where do you need me to go? Right. What do you need me to do? He's right. going to adapt to yeah. different situations, right? Yes. And then something that me and my siblings have tried to to bring up to people about Al, obviously he's our sibling. We're a little biased, whatever. A little. But here's <laughs> the thing. He won two national championships playing two right. bigs. Joe Kim Noah played center. Al played power forward. Florida Gators, two national championships. Yeah. How do you think that happens? It happens when people adapt right. and they're willing to bend and benefit the system. The Sixers never did that. They did not want to defer from Joel or Ben ever. It was about them 100% of the time. Nothing else. So yeah, so I yeah. think I think Al's gonna have a bigger role than we expected. Yeah. And I like the additions. If if Josh Richardson's shooting can can get up to like 37, 38%. And if if Schroeder can be like like I know Al's a big Dennis Schroeder guy. If Schroeder can come in and be like what Al thinks he can be, I think this team can actually go to at the very least, the semifinals. And then from there, you have a chance to get to the conference finals. I think we're going to get to break. the conference finals. The, I, I'm you know, putting look, that on record, I would not be right? surprised. No, I'm not kidding. I honestly, truly do. Especially if Brooklyn disintegrates. Yeah. We don't know if Kyrie's going to be able to play this season. Absolutely. If, even if he does, he is all, on the record is not vaccinated. So that is going to, I think, play a big role in the way Brooklyn conducts their season. So Absolutely. I think they're the biggest threat in the East. That's not impossible at this point. Yeah, well, don't sleep on the Celtics. Leroy, yeah, did you, you have, have a Milwaukee, comment? You have Miami. You have Toronto. The East is a fun conference. Oh, okay. But we have right, we have sorry. BNP back. Let's see. What All right, so there. quick question, right? Yes, yes. So um, I don't know who it was. Again, uh, again I'm tipsy. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it was Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown who talked about Al's leadership. Basically oh, yes. saying whatever he says, we do. Yes. So as an average fan, right, most people think leadership is being very loud and everything like that. I would love to hear from the woman who birth to the siblings about Al's uh, leadership style, if you could explain yeah. that. I think so I, that's a great question. That's a great I question. Think, Even yeah. after you had a little drink, you're drinking. That's, that's great. Amazing. I'm impressed. That question. Shout out to Leroy. <laughs> well done. So Al's leadership style is really underrated it's a quiet style it's right. not a loud yelling in your face it's not um tough love or anything like that it's a i'm gonna pull you to the side whisper in your ear and have a conversation with you and i'm going to explain to you why what you're doing doesn't work on the level we need it to or whether it does so it's one way or the other He's always going to be honest with his teammates. He's always going to speak the truth. But Al does it in a very quiet way. So he's not super loud. He's not like a Draymond. He's always out there doing sound bites. Al is the kind of guy, pull him to the side, ask him a question. But I will say that Al's teammates, like Jason, Jalen, the younger guys, have all spoken about how much his voice matters and how much, like, when he talks, they listen. And I remember Al telling me and Maria and Josh, our other siblings, 
when they were like in Milwaukee a couple years ago, like he sees Jalen, you know, going out, like walking out of the hotel at night or whatever. And Jalen sees Al and he turns around and goes back to his room because they know they're you like, if Al sees me doing it, I'm going to be in trouble. They're like, this is the team dad. And if I fuck up in front of him, I'm going to hear it tomorrow. And Al's also, I mean, we're Dominican. If you fuck up, we like the parents will tell you. How about we will know? Well, the, the, so, fun, the funny so thing yeah. about Al is that, you know, people, when they, when they think about Al, they think, oh, great leader, quiet, unassuming. So I've seen Al pissed, and it ain't pretty. It, it, it's like the entire room is just like, Oh, shit. Because they know that it That's took a know. certain level for him to get when there. When he gets like that, it's just like, what? angry, they're like, oh, I better shut the fuck up. I just remember <laughs> Al, Al had one of those those nights where just everything went wrong and everything he said, no one was listening to him. Right. And I just remember someone asked a question and someone asked another question. And Al looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, <laughs> I got nothing. Because right. I don't know where this is going. Right. Because you are in a state that I'm not familiar with. And when I'm in a state I'm not familiar with, I'm you turning heading the other way. So, and I, and I love that about Al. Because, I mean, you know what you're dealing yeah. with. You, you know that when you cross a certain line, he yeah. is going and, to make it I absolutely think, clear that he is pissed off. Exactly. And I think that's a good thing is that the younger players really respect him. And they listen to him. And they know that he's a veteran who has a lot of knowledgeable experience. And they totally try to take that in. Like, if Al sees, like, new rookies who are like, oh, my God, I got all this NBA money. This is amazing. And they're flying, like, private jets. Al's like, bitch, what? He's like, you can't afford that. He's like, you think you can afford that. You can't afford that shit. I'm going to sit you down. We're going to talk finances. Like, Mm -hmm. Al is literally that guy. He's like, I'm going to be the dad. We're going to take over the situation. And this is what we're going to do. And I'll add to that. When I was in the locker room covering the Celtics, I was intimidated by him because it it wasn't because he was a mean person. He comes across as this dad in the locker room. So if you ask him a question, it's in a very serious tone. But it's not like he's judging you. It's more of like, I want to make sure this locker room is as level-headed as possible. So I think that's what scared me. Every time I asked the question, I'd be like, yeah, and exactly. And honestly, we know the shenanigans that goes around the league behind the scenes. And I think for him to really be a family man and be that example in the locker room is very important because you're going to stray away if you don't have someone that understands there are going to be a lot of things that go on and you just need someone that'll be like, you know what, like you said, you don't need a private jet to go to Atlanta. Just take a regular commercial flight. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so here's my concern with this team this year. So two things is they don't have size and their shooting is questionable. So when they play a team they're like... shooting? Questionable. So when they play a team like Milwaukee, who, who on this team can guard someone like Giannis? And who on this team can stop someone like Embiid? Because... The past couple of years, Have those you watched stone, the last uh, playoffs, the Celtics versus the 76ers, though, and the one person who can stop Embiid. No. But, but last last season, yeah, last season. That's Al's other son that people don't know about, Joel Embiid. That's the thing. That's the reason the Philly. That's the reason Philly wanted to sign him was because he was their biggest thorn in their side. But Al's but older now. Al, Al's older now. 
and Embiid, we've seen him play at an MVP level last season. And last year, you know what? and last year he dominated the Celtics. So Absolutely. how have how they gonna put up the lineup to stop guys like Embiid and Giannis? this is what I would say is Al's definitely older, but at the same time, he's smarter. So he can outsmart Embiid. If you look at the way he guards Embiid and Giannis, no other center, very few centers in the NBA can guard, stop, stop the production of Embiid and Giannis the way that Al does. And obviously he's a couple years older now, but at the same time, I think, I mean, I think he's going to shut up a lot of people with that this, this season. I don't think that's gonna make a big difference. I don't think Al is. I don't think Al is gonna shut we'll either see. one of those guys. We'll just see. like I don't think anyone in the damn NBA is gonna shut Joel or Giannis down. Right. They kick everyone's ass. They're equal opportunity ass kickers every time they step into the building, home or away. So I think Al's job, like most people, is to try to make it as hard as possible on him. And Al has the ability to do that. But again, I. I don't think the Celtics are going to get past the second round of the playoffs. I, I just don't. I think we'll get I hope to the they finals. do, but I don't. But I, I think don't. we'll get Honestly, to the finals. I know we're talking about Al Horford, but we do need to remember that Robert Williams is still on this team. Robert Williams yeah, the third. You have Ennis Cantor, too. I know he's not an NBA all-star caliber player for most people, but he still has been in the league long enough where if Al's not there, if Rob Williams isn't there, you have that combination of those two. The youngins are obviously going to soak up knowledge from Robert Williams. But if you need that defense in the post, you have those two people to rely on. So, yes, you can say Al is old, quote, unquote. But, one, the the mental aspect of knowing how to play the game, knowing how to defend is going to be really important. But then you also have a, a deep roster, I think, in that center spot, the forward center yeah. spot. And something, really else the that, something else that – yeah, sorry. Exactly. If I Robert Williams is healthy, you need the, the healthy Robert Williams. I'm doing well yeah, this season. Absolutely. If Robert Williams but is healthy. Because I'm banking on him doing well, he and he's banking on himself yeah. doing well. So. And something that's underrated as well is basketball is not just a physical game. It's a mental game. Do you know how easy it is to fuck with Joel Embiid? So easy. Yeah, that's, that's why Al is. does it so successfully. And But here's the thing. Al does it better. Yeah. He shuts that shit down. He's one of the only people who can shut that shit down. And I think that's where the positive influence comes in. So um, I think the key to the Celtics getting further is to find a way for Tatum and Brown to get the rest of the team to produce points. Because they're averaging like 51 points a game. but it shouldn't be all on them. They, they need to find a way to get the, the other teammates to like produce points. And I think that's the only way we're going to make it further in the playoffs. I think the way they're put together now, though, I think they got a chance to do that a little bit better because it seemed they had guys that were young and you're trying to develop them and grow them. And then you realize that we all know when you're growing, there's pain that comes with growth. And those young guys, I mean, Grant Williams, love him, good dude, but. He ain't really ready to help you win no chip. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, love him. Pride of Oregon. He ain't ready to help you win a chip. But Dennis Schroeder got that grind. And Al loves him, which to me, that's the stamp of approval I needed to see. You add a guy like Josh Richardson, who is a two-way player, 
second round pick when he came into the league. So he came into the league thinking that everyone thinks they're better than me. I got to prove myself. He plays with a little bit of edge, a little bit of grind. Marcus Smart, I think, now is going to have some allies. I thought last year a lot of times he was kind of on an island unto himself defensively because Tatum was trying to figure out where does he fit into the, the, the pantheon of NBA players. Jalen Brown, same story. But now they kind of know what they can do, know what they're about. And Marcus is looking around, and he's like, okay, they know what they do, what they can do. I got Josh Richardson, who's kind of a dog like me. I got Truder, who's a dog That's like a me. Dog. I got big brother Al in the building back. He he's is a, a he's a low-key dog. He's a shooter, yeah. Right. And so now all of a sudden I got guys in the midst that we can we can actually make things much tougher on teams than we've been able to do in the past. And that to me is gonna have to be the key to them. They have to make the game ugly. You can't, we're not gonna see any 146 or 144 games. They need to grind it out, and they got guys who can do that. Uh, that's yeah. what I like really about the team, just the way they're made up. Yeah. Right and I also, I think the Celtics' superpower this season is being underrated. Everyone is underrating us. Like, people do not realize how good this team's going to be. That's going to be our secret weapon. No, I'm just saying. I'm not going to ask any more. Last question. But you said you, you're at their practices, right? Yeah. Is Jason Tatum ready to take another step? If Jason Tatum was. Is he ready to take another step? I mean, he's been hitting the oh, weights. Is he ready to go to the next level? He's so, already nice. Yeah. He's ready. Well, he, he's nice. He's getting you 27 points a game nice right now. Coming off of COVID, we had an inhaler. where he And he still got you 27 points a game. And he's not using the inhaler anymore. He's got a little more muscle in his body. He's already talked about his focus this year is getting to the cup more and getting to the free throw line. And he's got the bill. Now, now is he jacked the way that that, that one that picture we saw? Yeah. No, he ain't jacked like that. Jalen kind of is, though. Yeah. I'm looking at Jalen sitting yeah. there in a relaxed state at the podium, and he got the guns flexed. Right. And he's not even flexing. Right. So, low-key, Jalen Brown, watch out. He's going to be on my fantasy. I can tell you that now. But back to Tatum. Um, I think he is ready. I think he's ready because when you look at the experiences that he's had, he has been on teams that no one really thought could do much, and they went far. He's been on teams where they've had a tremendous expectations, fell short of that. Right now, it's your crew. It's your squad. You're not just part of the crew. You running the show. You the Nino Brown in this thing right now. It's your team. For those, y'all don't know you know about Nino Brown. There you go. There you go. Look up Nino. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's his crew to rock with how he wants to and how they're going to. They have to respond. Because to the point that was made earlier about guys around it, the point that you made about guys around their stepping up, that has to happen. But it starts with your best players. They got to lead by example. And Tatum, I ain't worried about it. He's like the last thing I'm worried about right now. Uh, I'm worried about the knuckleheads around him. Are they going to do what they can do? Is he going to get his? That's something we've talked about when we, we mentioned how Jason Tatum and Jalen, they have this hunger for this season. Tatum has been walking with this level of, I think, maturity. Oh, he's walking he's with moved, that. I, we were watching Y'all know who I am, right? Yeah, he has this level Jason of confidence Tatum. that he didn't have when he started in the league. So I think this is definitely going to be a crucial year, not just because of contract extensions, you know, for the fact of them knowing that they have to prove themselves even more this year, especially now that they're under the new regime of comment. This is a comment on Tatum. If you look back at some of the players that participated at Olympics or FIBA games, yeah, when they came back to the season, they had MVP season. If you go back to look at Derrick Rose when he participated, following season, he had an MVP season. Steph Curry, when he played in the Olympics, MVP season. So playing in the Olympics, I think Derrick Rose could – I said Derrick Rose, Jalen Brown, oh. Jason Tatum – could rise and play at an MVP level just from 
being in the Olympics and getting that experience. And having to deal with Kevin Durant on a daily basis. And working on Coach Paul. You're either going to get torched or you're going to torch him. And for all the reports that Tatum did, did not back down. Tatum was not getting his ass kicked on a daily by, by Durant. Who does that to most people? Now, does that mean he's going to be a dominant player in this season? No. But considering people didn't think Tatum was dominant, and yet he still got you 27 a game, and he's bigger now, a little more jacked. I mean, yeah, I think he has ready. other teammates who can be playmakers, make those plays. I think that's a big reason why they're excited for this new team. There are people who can actually initiate good playmaking. And I think that's something that the Celtics have lacked the last couple of seasons is being able to run the offense and, like, do it smoothly and everything. So, I mean, and the fact that all these guys, like I said earlier, actually like each other, I think that's going to reflect on this season as well. And you ain't got to worry about kids in daycare. Because with all them damn young kids out there, I mean, it's just like, all right, Romeo, come here. Aaron, come here. Peyton, come here. Rob, come here. It's like, damn. I got I to gotta make sure that they're all right before I can make sure my game is tight. Right. You ain't got to worry about that when you got OGs in the building. OGs are just like, all right, what time are we playing? We're okay. All right. I'll see y'all there. Bye. I'm out. You ain't got, and that to me is going to help this team, having guys with experience who've been through some things who you don't have to consume yourself with wondering if they get it, if they understand what this NBA life is about, if they understand how to be impactful when you get your opportunity to play. Exactly. So, all right, as we come to the hour of this podcast, we're going to wrap it up very shortly. But we did want to open up the floor to questions, whether it's basketball-related, burning hot questions for Anna, Sherrod. The floor is open. Feel free to ask any questions that you'd like. You can ask any question, but I I told y'all we may not answer it. All right, we have a question from Joe Sway. Wait, wait, we got a question from Joe Sway, P. Diddy Pavone. Here you go, Diddy. You can have my appreciate money. you. Appreciate you. All right. Jason Tatum First of all, shout out to you. and Jalen Brown. Can there be two alphas? Let's keep it 100. Have we seen it before? I mean, there was Shaq and Kobe, but can I there be two alphas? I think people are overthinking it. Hell yeah. We talk about teams that got three. I mean, Golden State seemed to work that out pretty okay. It can work. It, it, to me, the key is whether the guys that are in those particular positions, whether they understand that, you know, we can't look at this as if, me versus you. We got to look at this as a relay. Right. Um, you start off first heart, but you got to give me that baton at some point. And once I get in, I'm doing my damn thing. I got to give it back. Mm-hmm. You have to have that understanding. And I think Tatum and Brown, from the very beginning, when they first joined in Boston, they were kind of, without even any effort, kind of paired together. I mean, we, but I, John, you probably remember this. When they first got here, everyone was trying to figure out what's the new nickname for them. We don't do that with everyone. You don't do that. You only do that with guys who one are that good, and two, have a certain connectivity with one another that will allow that to, frankly, happen in a very organic way. Now, there were some bad, real crappy nicknames out there. Uh, 7-Eleven was one of okay, them. Okay, but I want to comment on one of those I'm just saying, I thought the, the poet was corny. a horrible one. All right, but that, the one that stood out was Fire and Ice. And even though I thought it was corny. corny and I hated it, I think that is very well... It's a Who's Fire? No, no, it doesn't matter, though. But the thing about that is that it's a reflection... That's yes. corny. No, the reason why I like that. And I tell him it's corny. <laughs> Can I explain you better why than I that. like that, sorry, that analogy? So, so that analogy, I think it was corny. Even if Jalen said it, I think it's corny. But I think it's a very much of a refle- reflection of their two personalities. I don't think they're best friends, but they get along very well. Who's when fired? one is hot on the floor, 
The other may not be, but he's good at facilitating. And I think over the last few seasons, we've seen that they work well with each other on the floor and off. And that's why I think it makes a good duo. They don't need to have that dynamic of who's the star. You can see that if Jason Tatum is dropping 50 in a game, Jalen may not have done that much, but he may have had a quiet 15 assists, 10 assists, whatever. You know, I don't I, know I which one they, is fire, though. That's I think my it issue. It doesn't matter. That's, I think that's the thing. You, Everyone's overthinking who has to be fire, who has to be ice. I think they work in tandem of if one person's doing well, the other may not be doing well in a specific area like scoring, but they're doing something else on the floor that's really helping the team out on a given night. And that's why I think they do work well together. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then Al also, I think, kind of made the comment that it doesn't really matter. So, like, who's who's this or who's that? It doesn't matter as long as they're both doing well, producing for the team, staying in their roles. But I do think a lot of the time, I think the media almost tried to pit Jason you and guys. Jalen. Oh, they absolutely did. <laughs> no, they absolutely did. Against each other, yeah. which was nonsensical because they can both thrive at the same exact time. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both of them. And, I mean, we've seen that with – you know, people like Kyrie, he kind of has a split personality. That's like two people right there. Like, you literally can Damn. see that. So, yeah. It, it looks like we have, a, we have right a final there. fan a, question before we close like, out. Final fan question. I'm so we'll sorry. Wrap this up. I'm sorry. Okay, Don't I know sorry. it's early. But what's the difference between a Brad Stevens coach Celtics team oh. and a Udoka? Both the, both the positive and negatives, if That's you could tell us. All right, let, me, let, me, let me jump on that one. Okay, with that the one. positive difference from what I see so far is there's a, a greater desire to be pushed. Right. Guys were under Brad. They were cool with Brad calling amazing plays, but you never really heard guys talk about he's really pushing us to get better. And, and again, that's no shade at Brad. I just think that everybody who does anything in life, I think has a superpower. Mm -hmm. And some of us have different superpowers. Like Brad's superpower to me is calling plays. He's one of the best I've ever seen, ever, at calling plays, putting guys in position to make plays at critical moments. Ime is still early, but I think one of his superpowers is getting guys to work harder without them realizing that they're working harder. Like, they're thinking, oh, he's just pushing us to be the best player. Where, in fact, in Ime's mind, I'm trying to kick your ass so that when you go out there, you're going to kick everyone else's ass. You don't realize that I'm dropping it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. The fans uh -oh. are really on board with what you're saying. Woo! I hope Notre Dame did not please, score. Please, no, You're but, um, so popular, Shrod. Wow, so wow popular. the fans are crazy. No, but they, I, I think that's the, I mean, that's the positive difference. Now, the downside, I think, is that Brad, over time, I think, had a better feel for how to put the right combinations to work together to be successful. And Brad, for the most part, was coaching teams that had a relatively low bar of expectations. And so because of that, it was a little bit easier to exceed them, whereas he made He's coming to a situation where you've got not one, but two all-stars. And not only are they all-stars, they're all-stars who are under the age of 25. And we're not even talking about, you know, Al Horford, a five-time all-star. We're not talking about, you know, Dennis Schroeder, who's been one of the better six men in the league when he's had to come off the bench. So there are going to be a different set of expectations, I think, for Eme. When things go wrong, people are going to say, wait, wait a minute. You got two all-stars. You got Al Horford. How, how could you go out there and lose by seven to Sacramento? They suck. What, what the hell happened? I, and 
I think it's, it's going to be hard for people to play the long game with Emate. Where with Brad, it was a little bit easier because his rosters just weren't as talented. And unlike his predecessor, Danny Ainge, he's not exactly flipping players every other day. Because uh, there was that one year where there were literally days where Brad Stevens would come to a press conference and we'd ask, who's new on the roster? And he'd have to seriously pause, give it some thought, look over at my man Jeff Twins and be like, we still got the same crew, right? Emei is not going to have that issue. I, I think Brad is going to be much more tactful and calculated when he is looking to make changes. But he's already shown that he is not scared to shake the, shake the boat. I mean, the way he got rid of I mean, he's just like literally just walked into the into the building. He's like, Kimba, punt! Right. See ya. And I love you, but you got to go. And I, I was I, that has been a little bit of a surprise for me that Brad was that forceful. But that's what you want. I mean, if you got an opportunity in your mind to make yourself better, do that, but I don't feel as though he's doing it just to be doing it. Well, I thought that some of the deals that Danny made, it was like, is that really going to help you get better? I mean, yeah, they're giving you a first-round pick, but it's a conditional pick that will, if it's in the 20s, will be extinguished. It's like, so you just really got rid of that guy for nothing? So I don't think Brad is going to go that route. But those, are the, those are the biggest differences I see. The respect factor, I do think, plays a big role when you look at the fact that all of the players were really interested in Ime Udoka being signed as a coach. Everyone seemed to be really enthusiastic. And then you look at the places where he's worked. He's worked under Coach Popovich. He's worked in Philly. He's worked in Brooklyn with a lot of superstars, essentially. And not to say that Jalen and Jason are going to have that big head and act that way, but it's good. You that, never know. Right, you never know. And it's good that he's already had that experience of working under people that have those egos. But I think another factor that people may not be picking up on is the fact that he did play in the NBA. And this is nothing against Brad Stevens, but players want a coach that they can relate to. One, it's a black man that's coaching their team, but also it's a man who's dealt with being a player and also being a coach. So he's seen both sides of the NBA. And he was a grinder too. It, it, like he may yeah. I mean even you know most guys they when they get to the NBA they come to the front door and they're like I'm a first round right. pick. I'm about to get paid. He may was that dude that came was knocking on the back door, no one was answered, knocked again and then he just said F it, kicked the door in had a nice career. Oh we got wait well, Yo, we I, feel got, like, I feel like I'm covering the he back I feel in the like, building. I feel like I I'm so sorry. Okay, so the final point that I was going to make about Brad Stevens is the translation. Sit your ass down. Walk through this. Sorry, I just came off the Women's Conference, so I'm definitely not giving any fucks right now. But basically, Brad Stevens had that great experience as a coach. He now has the opportunity of being in the front office. I think his role being in the front office is important because, yes, he's been able to see the players. He knows what he wants on the floor. He can do that behind the scenes work. But quite frankly, he was seen as too nice of a coach. Yeah. And you need someone that's going to be a dog. Like we talk about Marcus and Schroeder. Tell them to get off the floor. Tell them to do right. what you need them to do in the moment. I don't know if Ime can do that, but I think the fact that he has the opportunity to lead and step up right now is going to obviously play a better role for him. Uh, that leads in perfectly to my question because I feel yeah. like, yeah, you know, having a black head coach is relevant. Sure, ha putting Ime in the situation, a, a well-qualified coach is, is part of this situation. Is part of what this team needs, but my only thing is like heading into this season. Do you feel like maybe if Ime is not in people's faces, like like all right, I guess my question is in contrast to Brad Stevens, the way he coached, I feel like these guys need maybe not someone in their faces, but someone that's going to call them out on stuff. You guys feel like Brad Stevens just maybe he didn't do that enough? That's not his nature. 
That's not. And if he right. did that, and that's the problem. But they if, need a guy. They need a coach like yeah, that. Yeah, right? but if he did that, that would. I'm sorry, Kwani. I'll just be real quick. The, the, the issue was that that wasn't in his personality. And if you tried to be that way, he wouldn't be authentic. And players would see through that. And then you would get a situation where they're just like, Coach, are you really trying to – seriously? You don't want that to happen. You don't want that – because some coaches have tried to flip the game like that and be hard when they're really not. And then when players get in their mugs, it's just like, oh, 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 oh okay, my bad. My bad. So you got – Brad was being authentically Brad, and I think Emei will be – authentically who he is. And I do think he's got a little bit more in your face than Brad. I think he has a lot more in your face than Brad. Well, we're going to wrap it up. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for See if they got some more questions, Kwani. We're going to wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up. Oh, we so we can focus on drinking. Yes. We can, it's a Saturday, so let's fucking get lit. Right. Like, but well, I will. We're ready. We're lit. Any we're final ready. thoughts? Do you have final thought? Final thought? Final Each of thought. us has your final thought, and we'll wrap it up. We're Thanks in, for coming out. Yeah, uh, A-list podcast, Horford Happy Hour. Check right. us out. CLNS Media. And also one more shout out to BetUS.com, yes. sponsor of the A-list podcast. And also a special shout out to Pete Joe Diddy Slay. for Bone, uh, working behind the cameras. No. We're done. We're done. We're wrapping it up. See, you We're obviously have never mind. You ask, you ask right, we'll I'll take one more. I'm, I'm Okay, do that. No, you can ask if you want. Go ahead. She, ain't going to she may not answer, but... Was Al really jumping up and down when he found out that the trade was official? Okay. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Honestly, and I Al... would have paid some serious yes, money to see now. that. Because yeah. to see Al Giddy, to see Al Giddy, what? It looks like the whole yeah. family is shaking their head Al, yes. Al at, like, a 10 is, like... Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. This is really That's great. That's like Kawhi really, Leonard, basically. I'm just so humble and I'm so excited. And that's when you know he's like at his like peak. That Happiness. means like, fuck yeah, we're so fucking excited. Jumping up and down. Like that's Al's version of like, yes, we're here. We're so excited. It's going to be a great season. It's going to be a fantastic. There we so go. yes, no, he actually was jumping up and down literally. We're all very excited to be here. So thank you guys for coming out and hanging Thanks with us. Thanks for having us. I'm glad you guys figured out the line outside because I know that was confusing. So yeah, everyone, we're going to be here for a while. So if you guys just like want to take shots with us or drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, Bubba. Yeah, great. Amazing. Thank you guys so much.